Thank you, Father. When you get your Bibles, go to 2 Corinthians, the ninth chapter and the eighth verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse number 8, Toya. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse number 8. Glory to God. How many of you enjoyed week number one last week of the Amazing Grace series? Amen. And uh, we're going to jump into uh, week number two. There's much truth that I feel like I'm supposed to drop on you today. It's very important that you take great notes, um, not just for the sake of taking notes, but for the sake for you to go back and review and to go and study what God has spoken to you today. Amen? And I think today, if your heart's open, um, that the Lord is going to really bring you into another level of grace. One of the things that I told you about grace last week is that we can grow in grace. The Bible says we can grow in grace. So it doesn't matter what we've understood about grace thus far. God wants us to grow or even mature in grace. And so we're going to jump into the goodness of what God has available to us. I, I sense very strongly that the Lord is going to bring you into new levels of freedom as you embrace the truth of the gospel of grace. And where the enemy has tried to keep you in any kind of bondage, look at somebody say, any kind. And some of you say, well, you know, I don't smoke, drink no more. I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not sexy no more. I don't got any kind of bondage. The devil is a liar. And so are you right now, if you believe that. It, the, the truth is that each and every one of us have something that we need to come out of. Mm-hmm. And there's five of you that believe that and the rest of you trying to fake at church. I said that each and every one of us have something we have to come out of. There's all kinds of lies and all kinds of things that the enemy has tried to speak over us in our existence. And I feel like by the power of God's word and by the power of his presence, he wants to break men and women free. Anybody believe that today? And so let's jump into this. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse number 8. The Bible says, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you. That you, having always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. I want to minister a word this um, morning entitled The Overflow. The Overflow. Let me give you our definition, working definition of grace. Thank you, gentlemen. You've done an excellent job. We honor and we appreciate you in this house. Uh, Give you a working definition of grace for this series. Grace means that which is freely given by God, received by faith, without being earned or deserved. I'll read that again for those that want to catch it. Uh, Grace means that which is freely given by God, received by faith, without being earned or deserved. Repeat after me, I don't deserve grace. Now, Jesus positions me to deserve it based upon his blood and based upon that. But listen to me, I didn't deserve it when it was given to me. I didn't pay for it. I did not gain it on my own. There's nothing I can do to make grace work for me. And there's nothing I can do to keep making grace work. I'm going to keep moving. First Peter chapter 4 and verse 10. First Peter chapter 4 and verse number 10. We dealt with this verse last week, okay? Um, Now, let me say this before I jump into this. Grace has the power to break the power of works off of you. The whole premise of this series, if I could give you an idea of why we're doing this series, 
is to make you break out of the mindset that you have to work or do something to earn or to deserve righteousness. Are you getting this? That's the premise of this series. There is no work you have to do to deserve righteousness or to deserve salvation. It is the free gift of God. That's what we said last week. It is the free gift of God. So you've got to break out of this thing where religious people tell you you got to work to get it and you got to work to keep it. Right? So, so we're breaking out of that. And God's grace covers all of our sins. Somebody, I'm getting ahead of myself, but somebody say all of our sin. Everybody say all of it. He, his grace covers all of our sin. But the enemy wants to make you feel like that God is mad at you. That as soon as I step into any kind of thing that, that may go against God's word, that God automatically becomes mad at us from the thought of God is happy or mad with us based upon what we do. Not facts. I need some help in this Presbyterian church today. Grace goes beyond where you are, beyond where you've been, and beyond where you're about to go. Grace goes beyond all of that, and there's nothing I can do to pay for it. All right, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. Let's go. Um, As each one has received a gift ministered to one another... As good stewards of the what? Talk back to me. The what? The manifold grace of God. I told you last week that that word manifold uh, in in this original language gives the word picture of like a a, a prism. Not a prison. Not I'm locked up and they won't let me out. A prism. P-R-I-S-M. A prism. That, that, That brings many colors and shapes out. In other words, grace it's multifaceted, right? I told you last week, once you, once you feel, feel like you found out grace or you understood grace, then grace shows you another part of it. Grace is multifaceted. That's exactly why we did not just define grace as God's unmerited favor. It's not just his unmerited favor. It's also God's divine ability to do a thing. For whatever God's called you to do, there's grace assigned to it. If you stay in your lane, look at your neighbor say, stay in your lane. There is grace in your lane. There is grace in your lane. That's why it's important that you don't try to duplicate somebody else. Your grace works best when you're authentic. (laughs) That's why I'm not going to watch your Instagram, look at what you're doing, try to dress like you, talk like you, be like you. Because when I do that, I'm stepping out of my grace. I have to be who God has called me to be because that's where my grace is. God's divine ability to my life is when I'm authentic to who I am. That's why I'm not going to fake like I'm somewhere I'm not. If I haven't matured to a certain level, no need to fake because there's grace for it. I wish I had a church. Religion told you come to church and act like you got it together. Religion, I'm ready to fight. I'm so sick of this devil. The religion tells you come to church and fake like it's all good. So when people say, how you doing? Bless, liar. 
Right? People know. Don't ask the pastor how you doing unless you really want to know. Right? Because you ask me on the right day, they'd be like, how you doing? Piss. Did he just say he was pissed? Yes, I did. Look at somebody saying, there's grace for that. Grace. Yes, Lord, I said, listen, some of you have been blocking grace because you refuse to be authentic. You're a grace blocker. You've been blocking grace because you refuse to be authentically you. I get it because it's this idea in the body of Christ where it's like this duplicating people. And we heard statements in the world like, follow me as I follow Christ. And, and you've been mean, you've been, what you've been doing is duplicating people as they follow Christ. Are you here today? What about the rest of you? Are you here today? God wants to bring you into a place of being authentic. Are you getting this? So I want to drop several things about grace on you before we go back to our text. And then we're going to dive into that because grace is multifaceted or it is the manifold grace of God. I only have four weeks to teach you on this topic. So I've got to jam pack as much as I can and every message so I can be able to help you. Are you good with that? Okay. Here's one of the first things that I want you to write down about grace. Okay. I want you to write this down. Grace is great. Grace is great. Put up Acts chapter 4, verse 33. Let me give a lot of scriptures today. Acts chapter 4, verse 33. I'm sick of ignorance. Two people. So I could get up here and inspire your butt off. And I mean, y'all could leave out here like, my God, what a preacher. But if you don't go home and change anything, I didn't do half a job. You understand me? I don't, I don't need you just to, to shout and scream in here today. I need your mind to be changed. Oh, I want to cause repentance. And I know that you thought repentance was just coming to the altar for the first time to get saved. But no, repenting met Noah, which means it's a changing of the mind. I'm changing my mind in a different direction. Look at your neighbor that look like they're already ready to go home and say, you need to change, doggone it. How do we change our minds? We, we get the renewing of our mind by the word of God. Hello, I said you get your mind renewed by the word of God. So you need to get as many of these scriptures written down and take your lazy behind home. If you're not lazy, then I'm not talking to you. If you are, I'm talking right to you. Take your lazy behind home and study for yourself. Sick of ignorance. Acts chapter 4, verse 33. Sherman, you're doing a good job. Thank you, sir. David encouraged himself in the Lord. Glory to God. And with great power, with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And what was upon them? I can't hear you. What was upon them? Great grace. Great grace was upon them. That's why we got to preach about this grace thing. Because you can grow in grace to a level that the great grace of God is moved upon you in such a powerful way. Listen to me. God's grace is great because it brings pardon. Write this down. It brings purity. It brings peace. And it brings purpose. That's really good. God's grace is good because it's great. It's great because it brings pardon. 
purity, peace, and purpose to our lives. It's manifold, man. This grace is amazing. It's something phenomenal on it. I'm going to say it again. If you need purity, grab you some grace. You need to be pardoned, grab you some grace. You need peace, grab a hold of grace. You need purpose, grab a hold of grace. Some of us don't understand our purpose, and we've been stuck and just kind of floating through life because we have not grabbed a hold of the revelation of grace. Some of us, we, we don't even believe that we should have a purpose. Because of the sins and the things we have done. And so we've been on the outskirts of walking in the full identity of who we are. You are a powerful person when you understand why you're here. <laughs> this is great. Uh, uh, you, 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 become, you become dangerous. When you start finding out why you're here on the planet. What reveals that to you? Grace. Because when I get free that I'm no longer in bondage, then there's no more confines around my mind that's stopping me from believing what God said about me. I want to preach grace to the point that you start arising in authority and say, I believe God. I don't care what my mama said about me. I don't care what my friend said about me. I don't care what kind of word curses were spoken on me. I believe what God has said about me and I'm going to receive grace. This is good. We deserve to die in our sins, but God's grace brought life through Jesus Christ. So God's grace is great. It's great. Second thing I want you to write down. God's grace is redeeming. Yeah, God's grace is redeeming. Give me Ephesians chapter 2, verse 5. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 5. God's grace is redeeming. It's redeeming. Hallelujah. One of the things that you have to understand, I'll read it for you. Even, even when we are dead, when we were dead in trespasses, I love this. Made us alive together with Christ by what? Grace. By grace you were saved. When you were dead in your trespasses, meaning when you were dead uh, in your sin, when you were dead and messing up and going the wrong direction, grace was released to you. So if grace is released to me, When I'm no good, why do I think I have to be good to keep it? (laughs) Grace is given to me when I'm no good. So why do I think I have to be good to be able to receive the grace? Are you saying the same thing I'm saying? God says, my grace has nothing to do with your goodness. You can self-improve yourself. You can improve yourself for every day of your life, for the rest of your life. And you will still not be good enough for his grace. You can get a thousand degrees. You can marry the best man or woman. You can have amazing kids. You can build a best household. Build a great business. You can transform the world. You can be like Mother Teresa and go into the poorest parts of the, of the nations and feed the smallest of kids. Hug them, kiss them, love them, and you'll never, ever be able to work to be good enough. So if this is the truth, then I have to remove this stigma over my head. Let me get good so I can deserve grace. (laughs) Some of y'all are like, what? It's just too much for me. I just, I mean, all my life, this is what I've known. 
All my life I've been told that I had to work to make him happy. God smiles before you say, I repent. <laughs> I wish somebody just write that down. I'm just spitting fire in here today, and it's good to me. I say, God's grace, listen to me, by God's grace in the morning, before you wake, you know how y'all do, you wake up in the morning, be like, Lord, forgive me, you know. I told you last week, some of y'all don't go to bed without it because y'all think he's going to kill you at night. You're like, you can't even sleep. Well, you're like, oh, Lord, I forgot. Lord, forgive me if I'm a sin. Forgive me of that one, that one, that one, that one, that one. Some of us, we wake up in the morning, check Instagram first. But after we check Instagram, then we like, God, forgive me. Forgive me of all of my sins. God's grace is redeeming. Are you getting this? The Bible makes it clear, even in Titus chapter 3 and verse 7, that we're justified by grace. And I love this, that we should become heirs. We're justified by grace. God, God, God pulls us out of where we are. He buys us. He redeems us back. And then he makes us heirs. You become an heir without ever having to work for it. You become an heir without ever having to do anything but receive what he gave to you. That's the only stipulation. Receive it. You receive it, it's yours. God, I love that. You receive it, it's yours. But how about that's a kingdom principle, period. Believe, you shall receive, and you will have it. Now, I don't know what's wrong with some of y'all, some of y'all sections. The whole section is just as dry as I don't know what. I won't tell you which ones. But I need you to find you somebody around you. God have mercy. (laughs) And tell them you're an heir. What I love about the grace is this. Not only am I an heir, but after he redeemed me back, my favorite part is that I'm a joint heir. I'm about to run. No, 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 man. You're kidding me. I'm a joint heir. Come here, son. I'm a joint heir. Somebody say, hey, Jesus. Really, he did play Jesus in the Christmas play. Okay, so um, uh, this is Jesus. This is Jesus. Okay. Before, before, before I received grace, before I received what Christ did for me on the cross, I was over here somewhere. I was over here somewhere. Because I hadn't received it. Even though it was my right. Did you hear what I said? It was my right or my privilege, but because I had not received it yet, I was over here somewhere. Once I received what Christ did for me on the cross... I become a joint heir with Christ. Wait. So whatever is his. You're thinking of yourself too low. I said whatever is his. Okay. That's why you haven't invaded the world that you're called to invade. Because you haven't gotten this revelation. I don't bounce up in here like you. Like please give me a job. I walk up in this joint like this is my place. Because whatever is his. That's why you ain't got your job yet, because you haven't understood that grace redeemed you. I don't beg you for a job. This joint is mine. Have a seat, sir. Here's the third thing. I got to move. Thank you, I will. Grace. Grace is comforting. Write that down. 
I'm taking you stuff. Why am I giving you this? Because when you get home, you need to fight with this. God's word is likened into a two-edged sword. When you, why am I giving you these scriptures? Because when you don't feel like you deserve grace, you open up the word of God. And you look at the devil like what? The Bible says in Titus 3 and 7, idiot. That's how I pray. Y'all don't pray right. I said, listen here, fool. Let me tell you something what the Bible says. And because the Bible says I'm an heir with Christ, that I don't have to believe what you said about me, but I'm going to receive the redeeming grace of God. Get your neighbor say, get it, get it, get it, get it, get it, get it. You better get grace. Here's the third thing. I'm just giving points. Here's the third thing. Grace is comforting. Charmaine, give me 2 Corinthians 12, 9. Grace is comforting. Grace is comforting. I gave this to you last week, the scripture, but I want you to see it again. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says, he said to me, my grace is what? What's wrong with the rest of your mouth? Your, your, my grace is what? Sufficient, Sufficient for who? For you. Sufficient for you. For his strength is made perfect in your what? Right? I told you last week, in case you weren't here, your weakness becomes the parking spot for God's grace. So when you try to fake like you don't have no weaknesses, no parking spots. Therefore, most gladly, I'd rather burst, boast in my infirmities. Let's keep going. Let's go to verse 10 just for fun. Let's go to verse 10 just for fun. Love the word. Love the word. Just take it to your make and say, I love the word. I love the word. I boast in my infirmities. I don't boast in how great I am. Y'all seeing what I'm singing? You don't boast in I'm wonderful. I remember, y'all remember, y'all remember Mad TV on, on Fox. And remember uh, the, the steward, he would say, look what I can do. Look what I can do. <laughs> Some of y'all too young for that. But anyway, and Matt TV, Matt TV was the joint. You hear me? And, and, and that's what we do in life. That's what you do in social media. That's what you do in social media every day. Look what I can do. Look what I can do. We don't boast in our weaknesses. We don't boast in our infirmities. Because we don't want to look weak. But when you're not honest about where you are, you're stopping somebody else from believing they can have God's grace. Preachers tell me all the time, Sherman, you're just too vulnerable. And I say, shut up. That's why your ministry ain't growing. I'm going to be as honest... As I can be about my stuff. Now, I'm not going to tell you stuff that don't help you. But if, it, if, it, if it's relative to what you got to going on and it can help you go to the next level, I'm going to be honest about where I am. I'm not going to fake like I got it all together. I'm about as jacked up as you are. The only difference is that we are in the same different positions. And God, and I'm more mature than all of you. And the Lord brought me to another place. Somebody got offended by that. I ain't mature than me. Okay. Moving on. his grace is comforting isn't that comforting to know that when I'm weak 
When I'm weak, his grace comes in. Right? My strength is made perfect in weakness. Mm. Paul understood this. Gosh, Paul understood this because Paul is the same guy that was like, hey, I got a thorn in my flesh. Like, I love God with all my heart, but there's something in here. Man, and it's, it's becoming very difficult for me. It's this thing, and I can't seem to overcome it, you know. And, and I believe that some of us, the thorn remains so you can remember that you need grace. Oh, sermon preach. Listen to me. Some of you came in here today because you wanted to be fixed. Now I'm about to go against a whole bunch of people's theology. What if God ain't interested in fixing it? <laughs> why? Maybe you've been stressing about trying to fix that, and God said, why? It's my parking spot. That's what the church has been doing. The church has been exchanging fixes. And so as soon as somebody comes into the doors of a church around the world, not necessarily this church, but a church around the world, they immediately try to figure out, how can I fix you? (laughs) How can I fix you? This is not, let me give the balance for everybody that thinks I'm becoming a heretic. Let me give this to you. I'm not telling you that you should just remain in your sin. I'm not telling you that you should just embrace that you are just crazy and just stay crazy. What I am telling you is that there are some areas in your life, if you be honest, that you have tried and tried and tried. I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. A man of God said it this week, and I I loved it. And I loved it. Remember when Moses Moses met with Christ? Met with, not Christ, but the Godhead, Father God, on the mountain. Remember when Moses went in, he had a stuttering problem? Yeah. You remember that? Yeah. He had a little problem with his tongue. So it's just a stutter. He, 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 he went in there. Here he is, lightning, storms, fall. God gives him the Ten Commandments. He walks out of seeing the hind points of God, parts of God, and walks out still having a stutter. Someone's like, no, surely if I stay there long enough, God's going to take my stutter. Maybe, just maybe, he left Moses with the stutter to remind Moses that this thing I called you to do, you can't do it without me. I need you to look at somebody that's just sick of this message already and tell them you need grace. It's comforting. Here's the fourth thing. I'm moving along. Here's the fourth thing, and maybe one of my favorites. Grace is everlasting. <laughs> sure, man, give me, give me Ephesians 2.7. Uh, uh, grace is everlasting. It's everlasting. It, the, the Bible makes it clear that it goes, listen to this, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. And the what to come? 
in the, you, thank you, Mother Jerry, in, in the in the ages to come. Y'all ain't said nothing, so Mother had to say it all by herself. In the ages to come. So it's saying, it's saying, it's not saying in the age to come. It's not saying in one section of time. But in other words, God's grace is everlasting. It has no end point. Okay. So when you start feeling like God's grace has run out, how about you've been telling people grace is going to run out? How about I have told people grace is going to run out? And I was studying and the Lord said, I never told you that. He said, you learned that from church culture. I know, I know, people don't. <laughs> if y'all can see my view from this stage right now, it is like people are like, ah, uh-huh, you think you'll take religion out of me? I'm going to cut your throat. I mean, that's the kind of looks I'm getting. His grace lasts forever, Audrey. It lasts forever. Oh, man. Forever. Are y'all seeing this? And I love it. His grace is connected towards his connected to his kindness towards us. Christians are mean, not God. <laughs> Christians are evil, not God. Christians try to put a time limit on how you should be free. And you should have been out of there by now. Are you still doing that? Christians do that. God looks at his children and says, it's everlasting. I know you're crazy, but I'm going to stay with you. And the long suffering of my love is going to be upon you to the end. Look at somebody say, he's going to last with you. He's going to last. I got to go. Let's go back to our text and we'll send you home. I promise I'll holler at the end, okay? So, but let's just, let's just work through here. Second Corinthians, let's go back to our text. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. Are you learning anything? Yes. Fact check me. You don't believe me? Go home and study it for yourself. When's the last time you heard a preacher tell you that? They'd be like, don't question what I'm teaching you. I'm God's man. And most of you have been leaving these idiots your whole life, and that's why you're so jacked up now. Go and study the words for yourself. All right. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. This is good, man. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. That's what I meant. Okay, you got it right. God is able to make how much grace? All grace abound toward you. That you always having all, so I love that word. Somebody say all. all. <laughs> Meaning everything you need Amen. is locked in grace. Amen. Oh, God. And in all things may have what? Abundance. An abundance for every good work. Okay, let's deal with this word abound. This word abounded. This is what it means. Write this down. To exist in abundance. You getting this? It's to exist in abundance. Let's, 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 um, let's, 
Let's go to Romans 5.20. You still with me? Let's go to Romans 5.20. I'm going to wrap it up in a minute. Romans 5.20. First close. Romans 5.20. Let's look at this together. It says, moreover, the law entered. I showed you this last week, but let's look at it again. Entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. This is translated, Father, I thank you for blessing me with one of those touchscreen TVs that I could put on the stage and touch. Amen. All right. Grace abounded. Action you shall receive. Why do you want one of those, Apostle? Because I want to be cool, and I think it's cool. I want to be cooler. I'm already cool. Here we go. Grace abounded much more. This is translated superabundance. Okay, let's say it like this. Wherever sin is, grace wins every time. And grace doesn't just knock sin down. Grace goes far beyond the place that sin ever was. In other words, grace overflows. What I believe that you're about to walk in in your life is the revelation of the overflow of God's grace. You've been believing for God's grace to touch one area of your life. But when you begin to grab a hold of the revelation of God's grace for that area, God's grace is so abundant, it's going to touch stuff you didn't even ask him to touch. I wish I had some help. I said God's grace is so abundant that it's going to be lie. I need grace for this. And God's grace is going to overflow to so many areas in your life where you're going to be like, I didn't even ask for grace for that, but I'll take that too because his grace overflows. What is wrong with your neighbor? Look at your neighbor and say, the overflow of God's grace. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. The overflow of God's grace. Here's what I want you to get. Here's the nature of God's grace. It's from beginning to end. We get that. Write that down. The nature of God's grace is from beginning to end. From beginning to end. This entire life where you will need grace, you have it. This entire life on this earth, because you'll need grace in heaven. But this whole life that you live here on earth, there's enough grace from beginning to end. That's the nature of grace. Somebody said the nature of grace. Here's something else you got to understand about grace abounding. It is deep and it overflows like the waters of a sea. Okay? It's deep and it overflows like the waters of the sea. So I want you to get, get, get you a picture in your mind. How many of you have ever been in the ocean? Yes? I have a Latino son that hates the, the, the beach. I don't understand it. So anyway, uh, but, but I love the beach. It's my safe place. It's my safe place. I, I can go to the beach and sleep like a rock. I mean, people could have steal my wallet, my phone, and everything. I wouldn't know. I'd just be out. That's where I get my greatest revelation. It's next to water. If Dr. Ket and I go on vacation, I need to be by some water. This is how it works for me. I want you to imagine being in the ocean. I was in Mexico not too long ago. And I was standing there with my spiritual father in Mexico, and, and our goal was just to have some fun and let the waves overtake us. 
the waves overtake us. And as I was, and as I was preparing for the message, Providence Pep, that the Lord took me back to Mexico. And I remember in those moments that when the, when the waves started crashing over me, sometimes I couldn't hold together. Sometimes I was a little wobbly. Sometimes I, I switched a little bit and, and I, I turned a little bit. And some of you are like, what does that have to do with anything? When grace starts to really come upon your life, you can sometimes feel like you're a little unstable. And you can call it something else. But what it is, is just that overflow of the grace of God. It's like, a, it's like a wave crashing over your life. And God says, stop worrying about stabilizing yourself. Let me handle you. That's the whole point of grace. I know, I know, I know, I know. Some of you, your whole problem is that you're spending your whole life trying to stabilize yourself. I'm not telling you not to be stable. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. See the balance of it. What I'm telling you in life is that you have to stop working so hard where grace is available for you. Some of you like work. You like Jamaicans. I hope no me no disrespect. I'm told that Jamaicans like a lot of jobs. I don't know that for sure. That's what I've told. So no disrespect to anybody that's Jamaican. I don't know for sure, but that's what people say. You have to put these disclaimers out there. I'm on YouTube and stuff. People be sending me emails. I, so I do not know. But what I've been told... They like all our jobs. And some of you are so used to working so hard in the natural that you work that hard in the spirit. Some of you don't really even understand that grace is trying to help some of your work in the natural. Grace is not just supernatural and for your gifts in the spirit and for you to for sin to be eradicated. When real grace is flowing, I sit at my desk and get all kind of strategy. I will turn a business upside down because of grace. Y'all don't want this. I want the kind of grace that will turn me into the kinds of entrepreneur. Like, 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 like the founder of Apple and the founder of Microsoft. I want that kind of grace to come on me. That God will begin to give me ideas that shake the way that people see the world. Look at somebody next to you and say, receive grace. I got to go. The measure... The measure of grace. Somebody said the measure of grace. The measure of grace is deep. It's deep and spacious. Okay? Philippians 4.19. I got to go. It's deep and spacious. It's deep and spacious. It's deep and spacious. I need you to understand that the grace of God is as deep as you could ever think. And when you think that it has no more depth in it, there's more depth. The grace of God is beyond your comprehension. You will think that you've understood it. And this is why many of us, you've been seeing grace through your limited thoughts. This is why you felt like God is done with you. Let me help you. You want to know how you get a new revelation of grace? Give more away. I could just go home right now. If you... If you want to get more grace and you want to understand how grace works, this is why many of us don't want to understand grace because you don't give none away. Every time somebody messes up, you say, I'm done with you. That's why 50% of you are having a hard time receiving this message because you don't give grace out yourself. 
I got husbands that don't give grace to their wives. I got wives that don't give grace to their husbands. Some of you are married to people and you give grace to everybody else. But when it gets home and it gets to people that you sleep with every night, all of a sudden you can't find no grace. <laughs> I feel like closing right there. But I ain't going to. Listen. It's important that you understand this. You can't give grace to your friends but not give grace to your children. These parents that want to kill their children every single day. These parents that so I'm just so sick of these kids. What are you talking about? God gave you opportunity to sow your grace. And because you haven't sown grace is why you don't have the revelation of grace yet. But I wish you'd get somebody on the other side of you and say, Start sowing grace, girl. Start sowing grace, man. Start sowing grace. Every time I turn around, I'm going to sow grace here. I'm going to sow grace there. I'm going to sow grace here. I'm going to sow grace there. There's been times when I thought I was out of grace. I told God with certain people in my life, I said, I'm just God. I ain't I'm sick of it. I was like, I ain't got no more grace. I have done my grace job. I've given them enough grace. And they done did this to me again. F them and they mama. That's what I told them. Y'all don't have to like it. That's exactly what I told them. You don't gotta like it. I got grace for that too. So for everybody that's one point, did a pastor just say that? Yeah, I'm being honest. That's exactly where I was. But thank God for grace. Look at your neighbor. You don't like this. You can find another church to go to. But I tell you, God will give you grace in your weakest moments. And when I thought I was done giving grace, then I went into prayer. Uh Y'all know something about prayer. And I got in the face of the person of grace. His name is Jesus. And when I got in the front of the face of Jesus, Jesus began to talk to me. And he said, son, did I ever give up on you? I said, no, sir. He said, did I ever stop loving you? I said, no, sir. Did I ever stop giving you grace? I said, no, sir. Then he spoke to me. He said, keep on giving grace. 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 And 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 keep on giving grace and keep on giving grace. <laughs> Lastly, it's the assurance of God's grace. The scripture said, and I text, God is able. <laughs> God's ability supersedes your ability. Did you hear what I said to you? He is able to give you more grace. And I don't know where you need grace in your life today, but let me tell you that God is about to cause for his grace to abound in every area of your life. I believe as you study God's word and you come alive in him, you are about to see the hand of God come on you in ways you have not seen it before. God's going to cause for you to begin to walk in the power that you have never seen yourself walk in before. And it will be because of the grace of God. Don't believe that what the enemy said is going to win. When I close my iPad, that means I'm really done. God is about to change your life. He's about to show you that in this space where you've got any level of weakness, 
the grace of God is about to come to that area. Wherever you see in your family where there's a hard place, the grace of God is about to come there too. It's the overflow. It's the overflow. It's the overflow. I said, it's the overflow. I said, it's the overflow. I need about a hundred people just shout overflow. It's the overflow of God's grace. I gotta go. There's no sin. There's no sin that's too big for God's grace. There is no problem that's too big for God's grace. There's no family that's too crazy for God's grace. There's no job situation that's too much for God's grace. There is no financial situation that's too much for God's grace. There is no circumstance that's too much for God's grace. God's grace to touch that and 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 that and that and that. Y'all are worth this. And that and that and that. And that and that and that. Let me get about 100 people to open your mouth and thank God for grace. Open your mouth in here. What you looking at? Open your mouth in here. And praise God for grace. I don't know what kind of praise that was. But some of you trying to fake. But when you become of the area, you become aware of the area, you need grace. Your praise will become real. So what I need you to do is take about 60 seconds and think about the areas where you need grace. I want you to think about your insufficiencies. That's what I want you to do. I want you to think about your weaknesses. I want you to think about the problems and the issues that you have. I want you to just take 60 seconds and think about it. Because in a minute, a real kind of praise is about to erupt. The kind of praise that thanks God in advance that he's pouring out his grace on every area and every level of my life. Just think for a minute. Just think for a minute. Think about the places where you've been. Think about the stuff that you did. I'm not talking about five years ago. I'm not talking about before you were saved. I'm talking about since you've known Christ. I want you to think about it. Think about the areas where you need grace. And at the count of three, I need everything that got breath to open your big mouth and give God the greatest praise that you can. One, two, praise him for grace. Do it now. Open your mouth and give him praise. Open your mouth and give him praise. He did it by grace. 